Sports. Sports. And now sports. You're listening to The Coach's Corner with hosts Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff, covering UNLV and all Las Vegas sports. Your one-stop shop for sports talk. Get your butt in the gym. Hello, Las Vegas. Coach's Corner. He's Jim Bola. I am Tyler Bischoff. It's possible just to get sick from the heat. Just not even being <laughs> yeah. outside. Just yeah. driving in my car. Yep, it is. I feel terrible. I think mm-hmm. it's just because it's hot outside. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's miserable. Airports tweeting out, oh, we're like one degree away from the hottest day on record. I'm like, don't tell me. I don't <laughs> want to know that. It's ridiculous. Um, so Mountain West Media Days ended today. Uh, UNLV spoke. Tony Sanchez talked a lot. We got uh, Lexington Thomas and uh, not Armani Rogers and Jameer Outsey. Um, we'll get to some of what Tony Sanchez had to say. But first, Nick Rolovich is hands down the best coach in this conference. <laughs> It's not particularly close either. Like they should name him conference coach of the year now today. Um, he brought with him to media days, a Britney Spears impersonator. Yes. Which is terrific. And just had her wandering around. Hang, media out. Days. Hang yeah. out. Take yeah. a picture with fake Britney Spears, interview fake Britney Spears, interact with fake Britney Spears. It's great. Last year, mm-hmm. um, he's done an Elvis impersonator. Right. And he's done a monkey. No, no. He never did the, the monkey. No, that's he right. Got, he got turned down for the monkey for health reasons. And had to go to the Elvis. That's, that's had to what go it was. to the Elvis impersonator. <laughs> so he wanted the monkey originally. Yes. And then went back. All right, let's just do Elvis impersonator. Yeah. And then, okay, we'll do Britney yeah. Spears. I try, to, I try to talk him into putting her on his staff for games. Yes, he should. He should. Non coaching role. Because she, needs, she, she could be on the sidelines, she yeah. could be your non coach. You know, and she's like, I like that idea. Yeah. She can be the sign stealer, the official sign yeah, stealer of go. Hawaii. She'll be Britney Spears, fake Britney Spears on the sideline, stealing signs from other Mountain West teams. So, yeah, Nick Rolovich, best coach in the league. Um, hands down, give him the, the award now. I don't care if Hawaii goes 0-12 or 13 <laughs> and he gets fired. Give him the coach of the year. Um, so, Tony Sanchez talked today, um, asked him about Armani Rogers, um, and basically – what he's looking forward to Armani being better at in year two as the starting quarterback. Here's what Tony had to say. You know what? So many different things. I mean, when, when you look at his year last year, um, you saw a lot of positives. You, you saw some growing pains. You saw some youthfulness. But you also saw at the end of the year him being able to manage that two-minute drill against New Mexico and do some really good things. So I think, you know, passing efficiency, just getting more comfortable, um, understanding, too, that, you know, out of bounds is okay. You know what I'm saying? Sliding when you're 20 yards down the field and the safety's coming is okay once we have the first down. Um, so I, I just think some of those maturation things are going to be huge for him and you know that's the hardest position in all the sports and there's nothing that comes close right um you need game experience you gotta you gotta see it when it's happening full speed and you've got to make those quick decisions and and i think him having that year of experience and going through what he went through is, is going to be hugely beneficial for the entire team so how much stock do you put into Armani Rogers will be better in year two simply because he has experience and matured from year one to year two well, I think it factors in, and I think it factors in significantly. Um, you know, if if he's learned some of the things that Tony was talking about, you know, the slide sidelines, okay, <laughs> you know, you can run out of bounds. The slide once you get the first down, um, you know. So, um, you know, he he made a lot of mistakes for, you know, a, a first year player. 
uh, second year in the program, but um, you can't replace on-the-field experience. To me, the, the reason I'm a little skeptical of Armani being a lot better because of the maturity factor is his last year, his biggest problem wasn't decision-making. Like, when, when they had Armani Rogers drop back to pass, it was, all right, you're going to look at your first receiver. If he's open, you're going to throw him the ball. If he's not open, you're going to take you're, off. You're going to take off, yeah. So, like, they weren't asking him to read defenses. No, and they weren't asking and, him to go, you know, two, three, four. And maybe no. they get better because he's able to do that now. We'll see. But his biggest problem last year was simply accuracy. Like, he just yeah. is, is not an accurate passer. And... Yes, you can work on accuracy, but I don't know if simply having game experience makes your accuracy no, no, any better. No, that doesn't that doesn't help your accuracy, but you know, knowing when to throw the ball. Yes, that's yes, helpful. That would be helpful. And maybe the most important thing Armani Rodgers can do this year is simply not get hurt. Like that yes, might be the most be, important that would thing. Be helpful. Is him be helpful. to not get hurt because one of the uh, worst stats of the Tony Sanchez era is every opening day starting quarterback has been knocked out for a game or the season yeah, since got, he's been got, here. Yeah, got rocked pretty good. They've had to go to backups. That's why Kurt Palandek somehow played quarterback every single year. Yeah. It's not because he's a great quarterback, but it's oh, because yes. everybody else got hurt yeah. and he knew what to do back there. So It was like, uh, who do we got? Uh, Kurt, get in her. Yeah, you go run the offense for us. So the other thing, though, on Armani is – even if he's not an extremely accurate quarterback, which I, I kind of question if he'll ever be extremely accurate, but even if he's not, he's still a really good quarterback. Like his, yeah, his physical total, skill his set package yeah, is really very good. good. It's very good. Yeah. I, I mean, probably in the mountain West, he's probably number one in total package. Possibly. Yeah. You know, with his athleticism, let him return kicks. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> So I I think Armani, even if he never becomes a very accurate pass, like even if his whole career he's completing, I think he was at 52% last year. Even if his whole career he's at 52%, he's still going to have a really good career. But to be sort of that. Well, yeah. To be that quality quarterback. To be like the superstar of like, oh, yeah. it's Randall Cunningham and Armani Rogers. To yeah. get in that breath, he's got to be more accurate. Yeah. Well, so he's got to be more accurate, but I think – he can still be successful at 52. Yeah. If he makes some better decisions. Yeah. That's all. And, and it doesn't get hurt. It's, yeah. And well, that's what I'm trying to re- refer to is as long as he understands that it's okay to slide, it's okay to get out of bounds after you pick up the first time and not, now, not try to get an extra yard. To be fair on. to Armani, when he got hurt last year, when he got his concussion, oh, that was, that it was, was targeted. That wasn't his fault. Yeah, it was. That wasn't his fault. He was rolling out of the pocket looking to throw, and maybe it's all thrown away earlier, but it was blatant targeting. Guy lowered yeah. the head, went straight into Armani. Like, there's not a whole lot Armani's going to be able to do no, when a defender no. does that, and the referees slash conference have to punish that to – that's what. That's why targeting is a thing because Armani Rogers gets knocked out of a few games because of it. Um, all right, so a couple other things from Tony Sanchez, Ed Graney of the RJ, and you'll hear his voice a little bit in this. Was talking to Tony about like quick fixes and why you know when he took over the job, why didn't he go heavy JUCO? Go, yeah, go to quick fix route. Yeah, he went more. He has used JUCO kids. Don't yeah. get that wrong, yeah. but he's tried to build but he the wasn't program more. Ninety percent yes. JUCO. And so that's what Ed Graney was asking. And here's here is part of Tony Sanchez's answer to that. 
you know, Len Jessup was phenomenal because he always said, you know, we don't have a ton of money, but you got time. Make decisions based on the future, right? Which was very liberating because you sit back and go like, okay, what's best for the program? And you believed him. 100%. And, and, and he stuck by it the whole time, too. I mean, that's why I have a second contract and we're, you know, we're rolling into this thing. Len Jessup was phenomenal. You think UNLV fans like to hear that today? Some. Some, some do. Okay. Some don't. I just I thought that to me that was sort of the the funniest part of the entire well besides fake Britney Spears the second funniest part of the whole media day was Tony Sanchez saying the president that is no longer the president that kind of got forced out slash was looking for a way out was phenomenal um, but on his well, it was phenomenal because he said I could just take my time and <laughs> well, he gave me extended my contract I was gonna say as a coach that's the greatest thing to hear from your president is don't make decisions about right now you're going to be here like that's the greatest thing to hear isn't it yeah like you're not like basically telling tony sanchez you don't have to fix this in two years you're going to be here for five or six at least so you have five or six years right i mean as a coach that's got to be the greatest thing you've ever heard it's a nice uh nice to have that card in your back pocket yeah yeah lynn jessup's gone though yeah tony sanchez is going into year four hasn't been to a bowl game We've talked about new president coming in. How does how much does that president care about athletics? I don't think that's been addressed. How how scary is it if you're Tony Sanchez that a new president's going to come in and, and probably after this football season that a new president's going to come in? It's going to be his fifth year, and that new president might be like, "Well, you've been here five years, you haven't done much," and that president starts putting pressure on Desiree Reed Francois to mm-hmm. fix things now. Rather right. than, you've got five more years to fix it. Like, yeah, I don't know. To me, that's if you're Tony Sanchez, that's not a, a great feeling to have at the moment. Well, but I think it's a concern that you want to address when it gets to the the point that we're looking to have a new president come in, whether it's the acting president that's going to continue on, or you know, be it a new. Uh, New president coming in. You you're gonna you're gonna want to know how important is athletics to this new president. Well, yeah, because the other option is they could not care about it at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, oh boy, and then you get no funding from anything. It's like athletics. Yeah, no, we we graduate people here. We don't play sports. Don't care about that. So we'll see. I, I think the president hire is a. Uh, I don't know how much to, to actually pay attention to because I don't know very much about anybody there would possibly hire, but it's it's going to be an important thing as far as the athletic department, Desiree Francois, Tony Sanchez, Marvin Menzies, because... Well, and are they going to continue the uh, journey to the Power Five? The journey. Yeah, that is the other thing, is you, yeah. get a, you get a president in here that doesn't care that much about athletics and says, Power Five, yeah, we're not even talking to yeah. him. Then that's a bummer. You know, V fans would be depressed then. They'd just be, oh, they'd just be, all right, we're done. We're just Golden Knights fans now. Um, all right, last thing from Tony Sanchez here. He was asked about uh, pressure in the market with pro sports starting yes. to take over the city. And I'm, I'm playing this because it's the closest form of trash talking we get. We didn't really get very much trash talk, but this is the closest form we got. I mean, in a competitive market, you know, you, you got to go out there and you got to create something that people want to invest in, you know. Um, I, I still think we're a good ticket, an affordable ticket, you know, in town. It's, you know, definitely not as expensive as going to a nice game, you know. That's it. That's as much trash talking as we got out of media day. Too, too uh, timid is the entire Mountain West as far as their trash talking goes. Because that was it. Tony Sanchez just saying, 
yeah, we're cheaper than the Golden Knights, which is obvious. Everybody knows that. Um, and it's entirely true because you can get a ticket to three games, all you can eat for all three games, and all three tickets for 79 bucks at UNLV. Yep, heck of a deal. What is that going to get you at T-Mobile Arena? Half uh, a seat? Might get you a round of drinks if you're with four people. No, wouldn't even get you that. Yeah. Won't even get you the standing room only seats they oh, had. Oh, no, no, no. Those were, over, those were triple digits. Mm-hmm. So he's certainly right. That as far as affordability goes. So should we, on, on that note, because Brett Lashbrook, when he's in here, is always talking about he wants to make it affordable and he wants right. everybody to come to one of his games because he thinks they'll love it. Is UNLV football competing more with the Las Vegas Lights than they are with the other pro sports teams in town? Like, is that a more comparable no, comparison? I don't, I don't think it's... I I think people would look and say football is kind of a little bit different than where the lights are. Um, is it, though? They both lose a lot and give up a lot of points. <laughs> but, I mean, I, th- I mean, on one hand, he's got a valid point. They are a more reasonable ticket. Um, but, I mean, I, I still, and I tell people this all the time, I go, I don't know how people went to these games at the with the Golden Knights this past year. What do you mean? How do they afford it? How do they afford it? Yeah. And money ready to go. So then they um, went to the playoffs and it was like, oh God, we still have to keep paying for these and they yeah. they keep going up every round to good yeah. Lord. That's why you did the Knights vow. Oh, what's happened to the StubHub Golden Knights? Kind of got silent. Lawsuit. Kind of got silent like the Carlson this trade. This is important. Yeah. <laughs> they both disappeared. What did the Golden Knights get their money? What haven't heard what anything here? Haven't heard anything. We need to know. This is very important that the Golden Knights got their money from StubHub because StubHub was like, Yeah, you can't do that Knights Vow thing. We're keeping your money. And the Golden Knights are like, It's our ticket, dude. Like, yeah. you, you can't tell us what to do with our ticket. That's how we want to sell our ticket. That's how we sell our ticket. Um, okay. Last thing for you from Mountain West Day, because Lexington Thomas did talk today. He said the one running back that he uh, he likes to watch, that he wants to like learn from and emulate. Is Le'Veon Bell? You like that? Um, yeah, but he's not close to being that type of. <laughs> not at all. Like no. that. Not no. not even close. No, opposite ends of the spectrum. Like Le'Veon Bell is. I mean, Le'Veon Bell gets up to the line and then kind of waits, and by the time Le'Veon Bell accelerates, Lexington Thomas is in the end zone. Yes, yes, that's so, how. Like, I mean, two two opposite ends of the spectrum. Lexington Thomas is a one-cut running back or a no-cut running back yeah. where he makes gone. one cut and runs straight down. And he's straight. gone. And he's gone. Le'Veon Bell is, I'm going to stay back here for 15 seconds yeah. until I see the best hole. Like yeah. that, that was a good hole, but I'm going to pass that one up because yeah. there's going to be a better hole yeah. later on. Also, Le'Veon Bell is is more of a bruising back than Lexington Thomas is. Everybody really is. And maybe the biggest thing, Lexington Thomas caught eight passes last year. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell catches eight in a game. Catches eight and a half. Yeah. So, so the actual comparison, it's it's not going to take. No, I mean off. it's great that he says I yeah. want to be like this guy, but it's 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 apples and oranges, not even not even close. It's. Uh, I would love to see them pass the ball to Lexington Thomas more. We've talked about yeah. that all in the last two seasons. Is throw it to these guys. They're really fast, but yeah, we'll see. So. Yeah, Lexington Thomas thinks he's Le'Veon Bell. This is not going to take off the way the Armani Rodgers Cam Newton comparison did no, last year. No, no, no. Unfortunately, no, no, there, will not, there will not be something on the sports nation <laughs> that says, "I'm like Le'Veon Bell." 
<laughs> that would be great if there was, though. We need to make this happen. Lexington Thomas thinks he's Le'Veon Bell. He's the next Le'Veon Bell, so he won't get paid by the Steelers either. Coach's Corner, Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff were brought to you by Boyd Gaming. Try to be connected sports betting app. It is the easiest way to bet on sports in Vegas, and it is free to download. Remember old Vegas where the golf courses were right outside your door? The Casablanca Mesquite is just like Vegas used to be. Now, at bookmesquitegolf.com, you can build your own room and golf getaway starting at $100. Mesquite Golf Packages draw golfers from all over the country to play on scenic and challenging courses. Stay in a deluxe tower room and choose from six golf courses within a six-minute drive from the Casablanca Resort and Spa. Build your own golf getaway at bookmesquitegolf.com. Choose from six unique and challenging courses for every golfer. Find the course to match your skill level. The Palms, Falcon Ridge, Conestoga, Oasis Palmer, Oasis Canyons, or Casablanca Golf Club. So pack your clubs and reserve a tee time. Go to bookmesquitegolf.com and customize your perfect golf getaway at the Casablanca Resort and Spa. Stay at the Casablanca Resort and Spa. It's just like Vegas used to be. You're listening to The Coach's Corner with hosts Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff, covering UNLV and all Las Vegas sports. Coach's Corner brought to you by Casablanca Resort in Mesquite, Nevada. You golfing Mesquite, visit golfingmesquite.com to book your getaway today. A little bit of Golden Knights on the way. First, some Golden Knights t-shirts. Yes, we have a another pair of uh, Children's Golden Knights black t-shirts this time. So uh, two Golden Knights Western Conference Championship tees, thanks to Royal Pacific of Las Vegas, a children's medium and a children's large shirt uh, will be available for you to pick up here at the station. So if you're interested in, where, in winning two Golden Knights Western Conference Championship tees, black, and again, this is a compliment of Royal Pacific Las Vegas, a locally uh, owned company here in town, 702-257-5396. 702-257-5396. So one more time, if you'd like these two Golden Knight shirts, we'll do the first caller. And the number is 702-257-5396. 702-257-5396. Uh, you tweeted out right before the show started a story from CBS Sports about uh, teams are going to be the biggest surprises yeah, and disappointments. Yeah, surprises or disappointments, yeah. Golden Knights in the disappointment category, is that what that is? That kind of was leaning that way, I think. Leaning? I mean, it says disappointments, and they're they're listed in there, so they're going to be one of the disappointments. What is the definition of disappointment for the Golden Knights this year? Well, but that's that's the big question. The question is, you know, you go to the Stanley Cup, so, you know, Stanley Cup Finals, now if you make it to the Western Conference Championship, is that a disappointing lose? Is that a disappointment? I mean, in my mind missing the playoffs is disappointment like to me making the playoffs is good and anything after that is is just on top like that's how i think of it like if they lose in the first round to me that's not really a disappointment now maybe when we get if they're like the one seed and they lose to a wild card team maybe but at this point in time if they get to the playoffs and they're you know the the fourth or fifth best team in the west and they they lose in the first round I, i don't really see that as a disappointment right now but I'm I'm guessing my expectations are much lower than most fans' expectations. Yeah, I yeah, I think so. I think, you know, everybody's gonna kind of be in that uh you know, we're going back to the Stanley Cup finals, we're winning it this year. What do you think McPhee's expectations are? Um We know Bill Foley thinks they're 
yeah. going to be a dynasty. That's They're a winning done, the next four. That's a done deal for Foley. Um, I, I think, I think uh, McPhee's expectations are make the playoffs. And, and he said this before. Once you get in the playoffs, it's a whole different game. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of luck. And it's, it's a little, little bit about staying, matchups. And it's too. a little bit staying healthy. And then it's about, like you said, it's about your matchups. Yeah. Is this team a good matchup for us? You could draw a team that's, hey, not a good matchup for us. And the Edmonton Oilers did not make the playoffs last year. They were not any good. They dominated the Golden Knights in the regular season. Yeah. They, like, if, the, if those two teams, even though the Oilers missed the playoffs entirely, if that had been the first-round matchup for the Golden Knights, they might not have made it out of the first round of the playoffs because well, it just and they, wasn't a good the matchup. The other thing was they dominated, and the Knights did a great job on their superstar. Connor McDavid? Yeah. Did a pretty good job on everybody's until Stanley Cup final. They did a pretty good job on everybody's superstar until, you know, they mattered. The, the one time they ended up losing there. A little bit of carryover from uh, yesterday's show. Uh, it was another CBS Sports story where they were grading the whole offseason. Yes. Because I wanted to look at the rest of the Pacific Division. Um, so just to run through the grades of the other teams in the Pacific and oh, by the way, the Golden Knights got a C plus if you, yeah. if you missed this yesterday, they're off season graded as a C plus rest of the division, Anaheim C plus Arizona, a Calgary B minus Edmonton C Los Angeles B San Jose C Vancouver F. So do those, does that make you think the Pacific's going to be better this year? As it was to last year, that the, the Pacific's going to catch up to the Golden to Knights. To the Golden Knights, according to that, no. You've got an I A mean, from Arizona, but well, but Arizona with, had so far to go. Yes, an A may be like a D. Yes, they, when you compare them to everybody else, that's how far they had to come up. Instead of being one of the worst three teams, they'll be one of the worst eight teams or yeah. something like that. And then you've got Vancouver, who's just terrible and got an F. Yeah. And you're like, man, two. That's how you tank, by the way. You two. be terrible, and then you do nothing in the offseason yeah. of value. And then you look at the Kings. Oh, slight improvement, right? Maybe. They got Ilya Kovalchuk, who's really, really old. Yeah. Like, older than everybody to George McPhee's out here signing or not signing. And, yeah, so maybe he'll be good, or maybe he'll just San be San Jose, really, really old. a little bit better. Possibly. They whiffed on uh, John Tavares. That was yes. sort of the, the that big was thing where they were. They were... Yeah, putting all their eggs in that basket. Um, Calgary? Probably be pretty decent next year. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if they make the playoffs, but they'll, they'll probably be okay. To me, the thing is, like, if, if we're just comparing the Pacific Division, last year the Golden Knights went 26-3 and against teams in the Pacific Division. That's a fairly ridiculous record. Yeah, that's not going to happen again. Yeah, and so that's, that's why not happen again. So. I, I kind of expect the Pacific to catch up a little bit because I, I just don't think the Golden Knights are going to go no. 26-3. Well, and if, three. if they do... They'll be in the same... They'll, be, they'll win the division again. Yeah, I mean, it's basically win, what will happen. They'll win the division again, but it means... Man, <laughs> people made some mistakes. <laughs> and this division sucks still, yeah. is what it means. So yeah. that, to me, is... Yeah, I think the Golden Knights are, are going to have some sort of regression in the Pacific Division just simply because I don't think they can do that. Yeah, again. I mean just it's natural for them to come back a little bit. Yeah. So we'll see. They'll still be they'll still be there in contention as far as winning the division. Um San Jose might be the other favorite, LA possibly. At Edmonton's got the best player in hockey and Connor McDavid, so they figured out maybe they're there yeah. too. Get them some help. They gotta. They need some help. But it's not the most uh, terrifying division if no, you are no. the Golden Knights. It's not. It's not the Metro division of. Uh, no. 
East. Coach's Corner, brought to you by Casablanca Resort in Mesquite, Nevada. You're listening to The Coach's Corner with hosts Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff. Every sport you find exciting. Cover UNLV and all Las Vegas sports. Coach's Corner. Brought to you by Boyd Gaming. Try to be connected sports betting app. It is the easiest way to bet on sports in Vegas, and it is free to download. Joining us now, the Sportsbook Director with Boyd Gaming, Bob Scucci. Uh, it's kind of a dead time, Bob. Are you ready to start putting out odds on, like, Shark Week and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it may, be, it may be dead here in uh, Nevada, but uh, we're certainly busy gearing up for, for Mississippi. So uh, we're, we're, it's pretty busy around uh around the Boyd properties. What, uh, so what's your timeline in Mississippi? Uh, we're kind of shooting for sometime maybe next week. We're, oh. we're, we're st- still having, don't have an exact date. I mean, if we can get a, if we can get a bet written for the Hall of Fame game, that'd be tremendous. That, that's the goal. Get that one up. And that is what? That's next Thursday, so eight days away, Thursday. basically? Yeah, Thursday, August 2nd is uh, that first game, Chicago and Baltimore. So uh, looking forward to that day. So so give us the football fix. What do we got for the, the line? Or when's the line getting posted for this Hall of Fame game next week? Um, Baltimore is going to be about a one-point favorite and with a real low total. This this first game is typically a low-scoring affair. In the last couple of years, we've seen some real low scores. So the total will be right around 33, 34. Uh, so, but, but in terms of the line, it's basically a pick 'em game. Um, so, uh, we'll see how, we'll see how the betting turns out. How, how is the action usually on this first preseason football game? <laughs> uh, it's usually pretty good because it's the only game on the board and it's the first game of the, uh, football season, even though it's preseason and you don't get, you don't know a lot of the players and, uh, you typically, you're not going to see, uh, uh, a, a lot of FaceTime from the guys that you know. So uh, it's kind of a shot in the dark, but it, it's kind of like after a long, grueling baseball season, that it's kind of the first uh, football fix. So uh, we get pretty good action on it. I, I love that you say long, grueling baseball season because they're not even close to being done. <laughs> like it, it feels like it's long and forever, and they're not even close to finishing the season. Yeah, you know, the thing of it is, is you know, it, from the betting aspect of it, the betting public they they bet on it every day. So, you know, the casual fans can kind of keep tabs on what's going on with their favorite teams. And if they miss a couple of days, it's like, okay, we'll catch up and see what's going on. Uh, but the betters are there every day. So after, you know, you get into after the all-star break and it's like, you know, one day, it's every day of games yeah. and uh, it, it's hard on the wallet for a lot of betters. So that's why I say long and grueling <laughs> because it, it takes an awful lot to sustain the whole betting season. What is so? What's the drop off in in Major League Baseball bets when preseason football starts? Um, so, first week of preseason, we'll see a shift. You know, so so I would say about twenty percent of the normal baseball action kind of shifts over to football. So you'll see you'll see that drop in the baseball parlays. I mean, you will see see just and added teams in the parlays, you know, so when people would normally bet a four team baseball parlay, now they may bet a six team parlay, but they'll throw a couple of football teams in there along with it. So, uh, but you definitely do see that shift from, uh, from baseball bets to football bets. What was the adjustment for futures odds when the Dodgers landed Manny Machado? <laughs> well, we had the Dodgers pretty low to begin with, you know, they're the, 
the hottest team next to the next to the Red Sox uh, in the last couple of months. They've been just one of the hottest teams. So uh, it wasn't too it wasn't too much, but we did drop them about uh, from uh, three to one down to two to one. So we did drop them. Uh, but they're they're clearly one of the favorites now. Was there any? And that's to that's to win the pennant. And no, no, I'm sorry, that's to win the pennant. Gotcha. And to win to win the World Series, uh, we dropped them down from uh, uh, ten to one down to seven to one. Was there a significant uh, uptick in Dodgers futures bets when they got Machado? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of Dodger fans here. Yeah. There's a lot of Angel fans and a lot of Dodger fans because of the proximity to LA. So we typically have a pretty good Dodger crowd, and you see that it's reflected in the daily handle every day. There's bets on the Dodgers to win that particular game. So um, w- when they when they did get Machado, we saw a lot of uh, an uptick in the number of bets on the Dodgers to win both the pennant and the World Series. So uh, they were fans to begin with. And they had a little bit of a rough start, and uh, so the people that uh, didn't get their future bets, uh, you know, early on, figured they might as well get them now. So, well, who who is the uh, top team as far as futures odds right now? Uh, Red Sox and the uh, Astros okay. are, are the two uh, the two clear favorites, uh, you know, both to win the, the, the pennant and the World Series. Um, the Dodgers, like I said, we've dropped them down to uh, seven to one, but the uh, the Astros are uh, four and a half to one, which is basically nine to two, and so are the Red Sox. So the Red Sox and Astros are both nine to two, and then you have the Dodgers at seven to one, uh, Yankees at seven to one, and then you get into like the Indians and Cubs. So, uh, but it, it's Astros and Red Sox are the two big favorites. It's a, I imagine it's a pretty big drop off there after the Yankees and Dodgers <laughs> to those next two. <laughs> Yeah, when you get when you get into the rest of them, it quickly goes into the twenty to ones and thirty to ones. Um, oh, going back to football, you know what you need to do, you guys. I know you're probably not allowed to, but you need odds on holdouts, like will so and so report before the first game or something like that. Well, now that the regulators have kind of eased up and allowed us to to, to bet on certain things, well, maybe we can petition them and see if they'll uh, they'll allow that for next year. Like how many how many players hold out and for how long we'll have an over under on the number of days <laughs> there we go into, into camp so yeah we'll look into that i mean listen it's all anybody talks about right now as far as preseason football like yeah there's a game coming up in a week but nobody cares it's when's julio jones gonna show up when's khalil mack gonna show up and aaron donald like that that's it that those are the next it, bets next year bob every year i mean it really does it, it, it gets uh to where everyone's talking about that instead of the the games like i guess there's really not much to kind of focus on with the preseason game so it's like let's talk about the stars everyone wants to hear about the superstars so one nba question for you when Kawhi leonard gets shipped out of san antonio to toronto what did that change for the raptors uh pretty pretty big change you know so so the raptors were one of those teams last year that were kind of right on the on the cusp and uh they just uh they kind of kind of choked against you know the, the when when it counted most but they were one of the few teams uh, that were really kind of right up there, uh, kind of challenging everybody. But I mean, the, the line would the, the line would go from forty to one down to twenty to one, like Ooh. instantly. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah. And, and just for the humor of it, what are the Warriors' odds to win the NBA title? Uh, <laughs> minus two dollars. So <laughs> they're an odds-on favorite. You got to lay money. Two. You got to lay two just to win one. Okay. Wait. Do people bet that? Uh, not too much. Okay. That's why we typically. So we we really do much better when these big favorites win, and we and we do much worse when the long shot, 
when when the long shots yeah. win, and that's the reason why everyone just comes up and say, "What are the Warriors to win the the championship?" And we say, "You got to bet twenty to win ten and they're like, "Oh, I don't want that." Yep. No, I, I want to bet ten to win a hundred. Yep, that's what you got to do. So yeah, you guys are smart there, Warriors. You just take them off the board, and nobody would notice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all right, do you guys have um, Lavar Ball's league, the JBA? Is that at the Orleans this week? Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you got me. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> yeah. so I'm assuming there are not odds on the LeVar Ball League at the Orleans Sportsbook then? There's not. Okay. No, there is not. No TV for it. I think they're all on no, Facebook. No, they've got, they've got um, the Tough Enough is at, in town. Tough the, Enough is there? At the Orleans, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that one is, yeah. Yeah, the fights. All right. Yeah. But that's in the but, showroom, though, right? That's not in the yeah. arena. That's in the showroom. Right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well. Yeah, like... Like I said, we're 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 concentrating on Mississippi right now, so I'm missing a lot of what's going yeah, on there. That's a, that's important though. That's important. <laughs> yep. Have you been back and forth to Mississippi quite a bit? Yeah, yeah, a few <laughs> times. It's not got fun. To, got to know that state pretty well. Yeah, I was just back there last weekend for a wedding. It's like one of the worst places to fly to because you got to connect somewhere, and it's just terrible. Oh yeah, there's no there's no clear shot into yeah. anywhere. You got to you know go to New Orleans if you're down south and get into Biloxi or up north. You got to fly into Memphis and drive down. So then or fly into Houston. Yeah, there's no easy way to get there. Yeah, there's two two airlines in the Jackson Mississippi airport. It's terrible. That's it. There's only two. <laughs> the is it the, is, does the guy that talks the plane down? Is he the guy that takes the bags out? Yes. Yes. Okay. So just, there's two yeah, people okay, that work exactly. at the entire okay. airport too. <laughs> So he's Bob Scucci, <laughs> yeah. Sportsbook Director at Boyd Gaming. Bob, we always appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. When I was leaving Mississippi to come back here on Sunday, go through security, and we're flying out of gate one. So we walk to the side that says gates one through four. Get there. There is no gate one. It's gates two, three, and four. And, like, we're looking around okay. like, okay. Are we idiots or is it on the other side of the airport? There's there's surprisingly two wings of the airport. I think they only use one. Um, but like we're very confused. We finally asked somebody and they were like, Oh, there is no gate one. You'll be on two or three or four. <laughs> they'll they'll tell you soon. And I'm like, Well, why the hell's the thing say gate one? I don't understand that. Gate one just means to be determined, apparently, in the Jackson airport. You don't you do not get a gate. <laughs> and they just put gate one up there. And then later on they'll they'll let you know where you're supposed to go. Yeah. Don't fly to Mississippi pain coach's corner jim bola and tyler bischoff we're brought to you by board gaming there are so many ways to be satisfied with the orleans hotel and casino enjoy cocktails and steaks the way nature intended at alder and birch visit the newly updated prime rib loft experience the all-new bailiwick gastro pub to share unique dining selections try new craft draft beers and enjoy great live music Dine at Andori Asian Kitchen for authentic Chinese entrees or choose from a large selection of sushi and Japanese cuisine. Check out the all-new Copper Whisk Cafe, open 24 hours with a menu that is sure to entice any palate. So savor the latest and greatest variety of flavors at the Orleans. You're listening to The Coach's Corner with hosts Jim Bola and Tyler Bischoff. Cover UNLV and all Las Vegas sports. All right, Jim, we got another commitment for UNLV football. Another Florida. Another Floridian. Prospect. Wide receiver Grantis Poole has committed to UNLV for the class of 2019. He is the third player now from the state of Florida. Florida. In this class, they have as many kids from Florida as they do from Las Vegas. 
in this class. Granted, the class is, I believe, nine players large now, so there's still a long way yeah. to go. Yeah. But three kids from Florida already, and we mentioned it yesterday. They've got a kid from Louisiana as well. This is shaping up to be a very East Coast uh, class more South. than, than any other. Yeah, Southeast South. class. Do they even play football in the Northeast part of the country? <laughs> I don't think they do. Um, which, being from Mississippi, that's usually a good place to go recruiting yeah. is that part of the country. Um, so if they can turn some sort of pipeline out of Florida coming out there. The one concern, though, is the last they've gotten two kids in two days from Florida. Neither one of them have any recruiting Those stars. Rankings. Those stars. Yeah, two unranked kids from Florida. Yeah. So... I don't know what you uh, expect out of them. Although this guy, uh, Grannis Poole, he had an offer, according to 24-7, uh, from Nebraska. Oh, okay. So now Scott Frost is the new head coach in Nebraska. He just left Central Florida, so right. that probably explains that. But he yeah. did have a Power 5 offer on the table, whereas uh, the guy they got yesterday did not have any of those. So that's what you're looking at for the recruiting class. They keep getting guys from Florida, which I, j- I still think is weird. Apparently, it looks like... Um, Garen Justice, the offensive line coach, that's is the, the, is that's the one the who's responsible. Yes, uh, because his uh, wife just tweeted at me that he is bringing Florida to Las Vegas. Florida to Las Vegas. There you go. So he seems to be the one <laughs> responsible for this surge of uh, Floridians coming to UNLV. So we got one more piece of audio from Mountain West Media, Media Day. Days. Yep. First off, though, Monty Rogers should have been there. You got the media guy today, right? Yes. Who's the most prominent player on that media guide? It's right here. There he is right there. Armani Rogers. Armani Rogers. There's a giant picture of Armani Rogers. There's a smaller one of Lexington Thomas, and then there's a smaller one of Tony Sanchez leading, leading the, the team. team out. Yeah. That's your media guide. But at yep. media day. No, not there. We don't get Armani Rogers. We get Jameer Outsey, a defensive lineman who finished 12th on the team in tackles last year. Um, yeah, should have been Armani. Would have been so much better. However, Jameer Outsey actually did give us something slightly interesting. He's actually pretty fun to talk to. Um, so here is what Jameer Outsey had to say today. When we look back at last year and we was watching film and just studying, I mean, our mistakes and learning from it, we was we was no more than seven plays away from being an eight-win team. You know what I mean? So everything yep. came down to details. Everything came down to little things. Like you took a six-inch step wrong this way, and that's why you got beat like that. So we've been really just trying to focus on the details and try to tie in on the loose ends so we, you know what I mean, so we can put it all together because seven plays and eight wins, and that's a bowl game. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's a huge difference from going home and being home on Christmas and watching everybody else play to us playing and everybody watching us. Seven plays from an eight-win season. He's not entirely wrong either. No, it's one might be way, less one, than seven. One honestly. way to look at it, yeah. They uh, against Howard, you had a couple yeah. of plays in there yeah. that changed that game against Air Force. If you remember, you know we still had the lead. Armani Rogers ripped off like a twenty-yard run into Air Force territory in the second half that was going to ice the game, and then he fumbled the oh, ball away yeah. and gave it back to Air Force, and then. If you take the Nevada game, there's not necessarily one play, maybe the, the fourth and two that they got stopped on at the end of the game if you convert that. But even if you convert that, you haven't you scored still got yet. a score, yeah. So yeah. maybe you say, all right, if you convert that, we score in two or three plays, and that's maybe how you get to seven. That's three more wins instead of being five and seven, eight and four. So is maybe Ray Brewer's not that crazy. Maybe. When he says, maybe. yep, they're going eight and four this year. Maybe. So maybe we need to give Ray Brewer some more credit for this overall. <laughs> that, that's where we need to go with this. Yeah, we'll see. I'm curious though, like as a as a coach, is that a good mindset that you want your players to have? Well, what it is 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 you're getting them to focus on the little things, and like he said, uh, stepping the wrong way, 
you know, allowing a defensive lineman to get in on the offensive guy. Um, and, and, it, and it could be, yeah, you, you didn't have your feet squared. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be, you know, or you let the guy swim up through you, you know, kind of deal. It's, so you're starting, to, you're starting to focus on little things. And I think, as he said, they're watching, they're watching video. They don't watch film anymore. It's video. That's right. Um, and they're starting to notice these little things, which is good. So, I mean, you're, I mean, you've got, you know, with your young guys, you're looking at more generic things to look at. But with your older guys, you're like, okay, how do we, you know, how do we, what did you do that let this pass rush get in yeah. on, on Rodgers? You know, um, you know, in Rogers' case, like you know, you're running against Air Force. Why did you fumble the ball? You I, know, you the, don't you don't tuck it and put it away. I remember the big play for Howard. It was when you know we had a chance to go down and win the game late. Rogers hit. I think, I think it was Drew Techman, um, and it was going to be a 25, 30 yard gain to put him across midfield, and he fumbled. Yeah, and gave the ball away, and Howard yeah. was able to kill the clock. Yeah, out. they so they had the some very there. inopportune fumbles. Yes, very much so. You know, you're like it's it's bad to fumble in general, uh-huh. but they fumbled when they were making. Some significant yes. progress. Yeah. You know, and I you're mean, like, oh. the two biggest fumbles of the year came on plays that were already like 25 yard games. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you just sit down, it's a first down. Yeah. And but you, you might end up winning both of those games. Yeah. But you try to stretch it out a little bit. And... Now, Tony Sanchez did say today that uh, he doesn't even like have to bring any of that up. Like the players, that they're the that's ones good. That, that talk that's, about that's it. Like good. they're the ones that's that are good. like, we were that close. That's good. You don't need to remind last them. Last season. Um, and actually, to throw some of the blame on the coaches, too. If you remember the final play, offensive play of the season for UNLV on that fourth down and two against Nevada, when, I mean, we probably spent two segments on it, when fourth and two, they go under center, and Armani Rogers, they ask him to throw the ball 15 yards down the field in a play that only had two guys in in the route. There was a tight end running short who was double covered, and then I think it was Brandon Presley maybe that was running like a corner route. UNLV doesn't like no Armani Rogers last year threw less than 10 passes from under center. No. Like they're a shotgun team. And yep. in the biggest play of the year, they were like, let's do something we do once that we again. never that we never do. Yeah. Yeah. And so like this will work as, as far as the coaching side of we'll it. Catch them by surprise. Yeah, Didn't work either. As far as the coaching side of it, they got some things to work on in those yeah. close games as well to yeah. figure out. So. All right. Last thing from Mountain West Media Days for you. This is actually from yesterday with Craig Thompson um, talking. And it's more big picture for the Mountain West. You know, he probably doesn't really factor into this at all. But Craig Thompson said that he thinks an undefeated champion from the Mountain West could get into the playoff. No. I don't think it's true either. No. Because, we, I mean, we just saw Central Florida win the American as an undefeated champion. Right. And they didn't get. They in. didn't get in. Yeah. And the American is. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's so far stacked against the non-power five schools. You know, unless your schedule is against, you've got four t- top twenty teams from power five schools that you've whooped on. You're not going to get a sniff. And then you also have to have like one other team in your conference have, be like 11 and one in, yeah. in a top. Like you've got to have that too, because then yeah. they'll be like, well, you haven't played anybody in in three months, so. Yeah. Yeah. Might not be good anymore. Yeah. Sure, you beat them a no, while. No, it, it's it's just a 
the gap is continuing to get wider and wider. So, so the, with, the big boys are going to take, <laughs> they're going to keep their little kingdom to themselves. With, with that in mind, Thompson also said something else yesterday where he was just talking about the, the conference in general. He's asked a lot about bowl games because they're probably losing the Las Vegas bowl, but he was asked, you know, a general health of the league as far as the football side of it. And he just said in passing, basically that if you're the mountain West champion, you're, you're probably going to a new year's six bowl that you've got a chance to go to a new Year's six bowl, which isn't the playoff. It's the next level. It's, you know, whichever, if the Rose bowl is not in the playoff rotation, you could possibly go to the Rose bowl or whatever. So go to a new Year's six bowl, which sounds good and everything. But if I am a fan or even a player or a coach of a team in the mountain West, do I want to hear my commissioner say, if you win our league, you can go to a New Year's Six Bowl? Like, don't you want to hear him say, if you win our league, we're going to try to find, we're going to try to get you into the playoff? Yeah. Like, isn't that what you want to That's hear? That's what you want to hear. But I think he was being more realistic. But so should we give but, him a break for being more realistic? No, no, okay. because right. you want trash what, him anyway. <laughs> you want what's best. You want what's best for your conference. Yeah. And what's best for your conference is if you're the Mountain West champ. And you've played a good schedule. You've got some good quality wins. You want to be in that group, yeah, playing for the playing for the big bucks. Because in in college football, people across the country love college football, and it has nothing to do with their team being able to win the national title. It's why, like, I went to Ole Miss. Ole Miss has no chance to win a national title, but it's a rabid fan base. Yeah, no real chance to win the title. So people cheer for college football for reasons other than, oh, I hope my team can win it all. Like, unlike professional sports where it's like, okay, if my team's not trying to win it all, I don't care. It's basically what it is. College football is a little bit different, but it's just, it's this strange area that college football's in where basically half of your teams aren't playing for anything. No. I mean, you're playing rivalry games and conference championships and all that, but... There's five other, power conferences. Other than that, that's it. There's five group of five conferences. And the group of five, not playing for the same thing as the power no. five teams. No, they're not. And it's just this, because even college basketball, where it's still stacked in favor of the power conferences. You still have a shot. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit. Nevada should have been in the final four. Yeah. Like, you can still win it. I think it's been more than two decades since somebody last won. A, was Is UNLV the last non-power team to win the national title? Is that a true statement or was there somebody else after them? Oh, I don't even know if they had power five. Yeah, I know. Then. But like they're, they do it now where it's like, if you're in a power conference now, yeah, well, they, they were, they were, in, they were then. in a conference that was really weak. Yeah. You know, so, but so. like, I, I think it might be UNLV is the last team from sort of the outside conferences that want it to win. I think that might be right. It's been at least like two decades and maybe a little bit longer than that. If it's UNLV that hasn't. So in basketball, you, you're not really playing for the same title, but, you have a chance. No, you've got the opportunity. Yeah. You're you you've got to, you know, with a little luck and, you know, you actually get into the tournament that lets you win it. Yes. All. Yes. Yeah, there's Unlike no this there's one. no like uh no guys, you got to go play at the uh you know, the muffler bowl. I think Nick Saban said earlier this week that he wants to leave the playoff at 4 and he wants power conference teams to only play other power conference teams in like, the playoffs. No, no, in non-conference. So you play. Oh, that's a proposal. Yeah, that's a so, proposal. So they want, they basically are going to eliminate, you know, the opportunity for UNLV to play. Yes, yes. And SC. You would A, lose the money part of that, right. but B, 
there's no chance you can make the playoff as a group no. of five if you no. don't go beat no, 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 a power no. conference team. All right. Coach's Corner. He's Jim Bola. I'm Tyler Bischoff. We'll see you tomorrow.